by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. All right, well, today is a very special day. Um, I know you guys are wondering if I still preach here. I will. Next Sunday, we'll get back on our message about the family. We're going to talk about marriages next week, and if you're not married, I don't need to hear that. No, it's not true. There's good principles in marriage that you can use as you're in your single life, or if you hope to get married one day. But uh, anyway, we'll start again next week, but today, uh, we are so honored and blessed to have somebody who has really poured in to our, can you see how many youth are excited here today? Because the one who puts on the youth camp that we send our youth to, the one who puts on the children's camp that we're sending our children to, he has invested in our youth and from afar. He lives in Alabama, Prattville, Alabama, but he has blessed uh, South Haven, Horn Lake area through his love for our children. I want you to stand to your feet and give a warm welcome to Mr. Zachary Bigley. Seated, please. Good, e good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hi, y'all. How you doing? What's up, everybody? I'm just gonna look at y'all's faces for a moment, kind of see who I'm gonna be talking to. Make sure ain't nobody got no guns pointed at me or nothing like that. Okay, we're good. We're good. All right. How y'all doing today? Good. 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 Well, uh, I'm Zachary Bigley, as he said. I appreciate that introduction. To God be all the glory. Got some cool youth here. Chandler, man. Got to talk to him yesterday. And uh, that's really cool, man, that you went knocking door to door. Uh, there's adults that won't even do that, man. That was pretty bold and brave of you. And, and uh, man, that's an awesome, awesome sign of things to come. So good for you. Um, I'm Zachary Bigley. Just to kind of give you a brief intro, I was here, I guess, a little over a year ago um, in May, I think, of last year. And, uh, and I got to talk to you guys. I think I see some new faces this time, which is a good thing. And uh, I just, before I get into this, how many of y'all have like little kids, like you're a parent of little kids, maybe uh, three, four, two, one, babies. Okay, can y'all give them a round of applause, okay? <laughs> the reason I say that, y'all are the real MVPs, because I have a three-year-old little girl and a one-year-old boy, and my wife got them ready to go to church this morning back where we live, and if you've had kids or you got little kids and it's raining outside and y'all showed up today... Man, God bless y'all. I'm just telling y'all. Y'all know the toughness of having little kids. And uh, we, we love our little kids, right? We love them. We love them, right? Yeah, yeah. No, they're awesome. They are absolutely awesome. But, uh, but it can be an interesting, interesting uh, morning sometimes getting your kids ready. Glory to God. I got something I want to share today, and I'm looking for it. I'm going to my Bible. We're going to go over to John chapter 6. I gave her a couple different passages but uh, we're going to go over to John chapter 6 and talk about some things. But, um, but yeah, just to give you a little intro of, of who I am, what we are, we have some information on the back there, newsletter sign up, got some, there's a couple free books back there and a coin also back there that's free if anybody wants it. We gave away at our winter camp. And what that coin is, uh, I've been told anyway, it's a replica of the coin they used uh, when Jesus, the story of Jesus, when he said, 
um, you know, who's on the coin? And they say, well, it's Caesar. And he said, well, give to Caesar. Caesar's give to God. What's God's? I got a bunch of those given to uh, our ministry. And so it's just a good uh, conversational piece as you're reaching out with the love of God, uh, talking, uh, just get, get something. Sorry, I got one, one back there, one left, only brought one. Uh, so whoever gets it first, it's yours. And, uh, and there's, a, I think, a gospel of John back there in the New Testament, if anybody wants some free words, so that's back there. Um, but we do youth camps. We um, have our youth camp in Florida plugged in. Uh, yeah, these, these guys, I think everybody here is, well, you haven't been to Florida yet. She went to winter camp, Ashley. Florida. Y'all don't make fun of me when I'm preaching now. Oh, Lord of mercy. Um, but anyway, we do that one, and we got our kids camp, and our kids camp this year, uh, they're, okay, we love our teenagers, right, they're awesome, I got a big heart for our teenagers, but God is really doing something for the kids this year, I don't know, something, something special about this year with the kids, and I say that because last year, we had, uh, our largest turnout, as far as number-wise, into kids camp, and I'm talking second grade to sixth grade, okay, and uh, now when I say camp and kids, we're not talking, you know, holding hands by a campfire singing, kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. Though if we did that, that would be okay. But I'm talking, we have like some for real deal, Holy Ghost, fun, live services. I mean, kids just, just having encounters with God, laying on, I mean, I'm talking just, just, awesome times, right? Plus, we have fun. They're sweating and running and swimming, and we do night swims and campfire. We just have a blast all centered around Jesus. So last year, we had, I think, uh, the total number uh, of people at, at, at the camp, near the end of the camp, whatever, was 105 people, which that's awesome, man, 105 people. Praise God. That was like the biggest turnout we've had. So this year, I got another place, another facility to rent, and I got a, a, a place that held 142 beds. I'm thinking, that's plenty of room. The largest amount we've had is 105, 142 beds, plenty of room. So people start turning in their stuff. They start turning in their stuff. They start turning in their stuff. I run out of room for people coming. Then I get this other church contact me from Mississippi, another church out of Mississippi. He said, hey, I know we're late, whatever, whatever, but we got like 17 people that want to come. I'm thinking, <laughs> I, I don't have room for you. I don't have room for you. Long story short, God worked it out. We got like a 50% increase of people coming this year than what we had last year. And these are kids, y'all. These are kids. We got more, more people coming to our youth camp than we did last year. We're doing a kids camp in the Cayman Islands. Hey, someone's got to suffer for Jesus, baby. You know what I mean? I, I'm telling you, someone got to go to the islands. Send me, Lord. Send me. Praise God. Hey, y'all can come with me. Just get you a plane ticket. Show up. Let's go. Get your passport. But, uh, but anyway, we're doing that. So we're, we're working with kids in, in the Cayman Islands. And you think Cayman Islands, like, oh, man, that's so awesome. And it is. Trust me. I'm not going to lie. I used to live there for about two years. Uh, but that island represented, back when I lived there, there was like 70 nations represented on that one island. And this island's maybe 20 miles long by four to eight miles wide. It's shaped kind of like a whale. If you look at it, it's shaped like a whale. Um, but there's like 70 nations represented. So think about this. God's sending us to an island where we have the potential to impact nations. You understand? Just from one, one island. So we're doing things. We're stepping out. And uh, I travel, and God's been, been very gracious. He, he's talking about our testimony and things you've been through. If you were here last year, uh, I think I shared a little bit of my testimony long Story short, 
I got caught up in rebellion and drugs and alcohol, thought I was 10 foot tall, bulletproof in King Kong, and really I was like a buck 25 uh, and in need of a savior, you know what I mean? And uh, I thought it was somebody, and really I was just full of pride and arrogant and just caught up in sin, and I had this encounter with Jesus at 17 years old as a teenager watching Christian television, okay? And, uh, and I flushed drugs down the toilet, and I called out to God, and I got saved, praise God. And I uh, went for about a good week. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. And... Uh, and I didn't have the youth group to get plugged in. I didn't have Pastor Guy pastoring and teaching. I, I just didn't get plugged in anywhere. And, uh, and so I was still smoking my cigarettes, but I was at least reading, reading my Bible, you know. So I'm smoking my cigarettes, and, and I remember the ashes fell in the Bible, and I had to wipe the ashes off because, you know, you don't want good ashes on a good Bible, you know what I'm saying? So anyway, I wiped the ashes off the Bible. So I was still fresh. I was just raw, and, um, but I was growing. And, uh, and I ended up moving to Alabama. I started getting discipled in the things of God. And, uh, and long story short, fast forward, TBN, y'all heard of TBN? You know, Jan Crouch, with, yeah. And um, awesome, praise God for what they've done. But they, uh, they've, they've invited me on, and they actually did a, a, a video story of my testimony, and now it's airing across the world. Praise God, to get reports from people across America that have seen it. And so Kaylee was telling us this morning about uh, the things you've been through, right, you know, God's so good, you don't have to get stuck, but it's not about what you did, but look what, what we're doing now. And so God has taken my story of rebellion and just, just misery and hurt and pain and hurting other people and just the whole mess that was involved with that whole life, and now he's using it and, and spreading that story around the world. So, so think about your life. Wherever God may have you, it's not the end, amen? There's, there's a bright future. And so anyway, that, that's a little bit about what we do, and I got a heart for, for this generation. I got a heart for these young people. Amen? And, uh, and so I want to share some things today um, out of the Scripture, and, uh, and I believe that it'll bless you. I believe it lines up with what this church is already doing, specifically, but, um, but I believe it'll just maybe put a little more fire under your, your, your tail end today. Amen? Does that sound good? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for the love that you have for us. Thank you that you are a good, good God. You never fail us. You never you never turn your back on us. You never uh, abandon us, and I'm so grateful for that. Lord, I thank you that in spite of us, you are still good. You are still faithful. Lord, I just ask you to help me to speak your word today. Help me to, to really impact a, a heart today, or two, or three, or four, or, or even 10 to 20 hearts this, this morning. God, I pray that people don't just hear with their ears on the sides of their heads, but they hear with their ears within their heart. God, I pray that as I'm preaching one thing, God, you're speaking and ministering uh, something in addition to that within their own heart. God, give them ideas and, and insight, um, passion for DeSoto, God, as I preach today. And I just give you the glory and honor in advance for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, this generation, not, not so much these teenagers, maybe if you're like 15 and under, but really more specifically the kids, like my kids, if you're in elementary uh, age or if you have elementary age kids, that generation has been labeled as Generation Z, as in Zachary. I kind of like that, Zachary. Generation Z. But I really think it's prophetic, as in Generation Z, the last generation. That's kind of how I'm looking at it. And uh, the generation ahead of them is, I believe, they're called like uh, the millennials or something like that, right? And then above them, which I kind of fall on the tail end of this generation, is Generation X, 
And then above Generation X, I'll, I think it's the baby boomers, right? And then so on and so on, and, and you've got those previous generations. Um, the millennials are, are, are the generation that is, they're kind of in the workforce right now. They're graduating. They're kind of in that, that whole scene. And um, they kind of get frowned upon by my generation, the Generation X. They, they, they call them all kinds of different names because they're different and they've got a different way of doing things. But there's this generation behind the millennials called Generation Z. And, and, I, and I heard an interesting statistic about Generation Z that really should, should fire us up. And, and the, 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 the Generation Z in the United States of America is the first generation that will be raised in America that will be uh, the first post-Christian generation in our country's history. Think about this. Uh, the baby boomers, right? Uh, church was just kind of normal. God was in school. They were praying. It was a part of society. Uh, the, the Generation X, it kind of started changing, and, and different things kind of started happening, but yet there was still kind of an idea of God. Even the millennials, there was still an element of God in the 90s and in the 80s and, and whatnot, and, but, but this generation now that's coming up, the kids, a lot of their parents, now I'm not so much maybe speaking about DeSoto, but we're talking generally in the United States of America, this generation is just not going to church. God is kind of a distant thought. It's just not a part of their culture, per se, as it was in the generations past. That's a problem, y'all. That's a problem. It's the first post-Christian generation in America. This isn't a generation that's gonna be born. This is a generation that is already here in the earth, already alive, already breathing, already being trained in our schools, already coming up with doctrine of the education system. They're already in America today, the first post-Christian generation in America. So when pastor says, talks about the bumper stickers and the passion for DeSoto and preaches the vision of reaching out with God's love, guys, there's even more, more eagerness in our heart to reach this generation, especially this, this young generation, right? The, the ones after them. How awesome for Chandler to go knocking door to door, right? I was talking to him yesterday. It was so cool. And just, just hearing him talk and hearing some of the things in his heart, uh, it, it gave me hope as a, as a, as a minister, as one that's, that's getting to pour into these other kids. I said, you know what? There, there's hope for the church if this guy's coming up. You know what I'm saying? We, we got some young men in the ranks and some young women in the ranks coming up. And, and what I'm seeing amongst this generation here is there's a hungry generation. Now, just so y'all know, y'all can say amen or wow, man, preach, white boy, preach. Every now and again, whatever. Just, you know, let me know you're here, okay? <laughs> but yeah, thank you. There's a hungry generation uh, uh, that, that's alive here. And, and as I travel and as I do these camps and stuff, what I'm, what I'm beginning to see is, is, and adults, don't get mad at me at this. Please don't get mad at me at this. But it seems perhaps, maybe, kind of, sort of, perhaps, that the teenagers are more hungrier than the adults. And guys, that really honestly should not be. Probably not this church, but that other church down the street. The other one, right? Not, not here. But it seems that the teens are hungrier than the adults. I remember I, I, I was ministering in, in Alabama, and, and, and I was ministering healing to some people and, and praying for them. And, and the teenagers, they, it seems like they were just, just getting healed. 
I mean, just instant, like, oh, wow. And then I went to this adult lady. And it just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't happen like it did for the teenagers. And, 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 and I'm, I'm a questions guy. I'm like, why? Let's figure this one out. And what I've noticed with young people is they just receive. They just believe it. Oh, God can heal? All right, cool. Yeah, I'll take it. Whatever. Oh, God wants to bless me? Cool. Let's do this, baby. Thank you, Father. Put that in my pocket. And adults, we got to process it, and I got to figure it out and work it out. And rrr, rrr, rrr. We walk around like this all day long. The, the other church, remember the one the, down the street one? The one on the other side of Hooters, right? The other one, the other one. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Amen. And, and these... <laughs> Help me, God. Oh, my goodness. And so what I'm seeing is, is amongst these teenagers is, is not only are they hungry, but they're also dealing with some real serious issues, okay? I was preaching in, um, where was that, Carthage, Mississippi. I don't know how far that is from here, but it's south somewhere from here. Uh, not too long ago, like, um, I don't know, a couple weeks ago. And I was preaching in this youth group, probably 50 or so people were there, and uh and as I was ministering, um, I, I gave just a, like an altar call, just a time to pray. And, and, and I asked people that uh, wanted to, they were just kind of wanting to discover their purpose kind of a thing. I was going to pray for them, minister to them. And as I came forth, you had this line of, of, of teenagers here. And in, in this line, I, I, was, I was asking, okay, why'd you come front? Why'd you come up front? One, one was like purpose. I want to know purpose. I want to know my, my future, you know, my destiny. They, they, they had a hunger to know what was ahead. And also mixed within that line was, was one girl uh, had, 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 had been dealing with suicide. Now we're talking teenagers, y'all. Had been dealing with suicide, maybe suicidal thoughts or whatever. Another girl uh, had been dealing with cutting. Y'all know what I mean by cutting, like cutting themselves. And I, I have heard that, that young people will cut themselves because they just want to feel something. Right? How how uh, deceived is that? Right? When they can feel the presence of God, they can feel God, but they, they just don't know. So they go to the flesh and they 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 cut so they can feel, or maybe it's an escape of the pain. It, it's just a twisted twisted form of of trying to deal with issues. Amen. That, this girl's in the line. Uh, another girl was in the line uh, that she had she had found her her dad dead after he committed suicide. Could you imagine being a teenage girl and walking in and being the one that discovered your dad after he had just committed suicide? Right? Like, God. <laughs> Horrible, right? And, and this was the prayer line that I meant. That was in just one, one, one uh, youth group. Suicide. Cutting. A girl that found her dad dead after he committed suicide. And then the rest of them were just wanting to know their purpose, their future. They were hungry. But they were hurting. And the generation right behind them is going to be the first post-Christian generation in the United States of America. Guys, this should not be. As much access as we have to the Word, my cell phone, I can get on it and I can pull up all kinds of versions of the Bible. 
We have unlimited access to God. I can pull up preacher after preacher after preacher on YouTube. I can go and find blog and article and website that promotes God and goes to God. I got a youth camp and a kids camp and churches every Sunday and, and every Wednesday. And yet we're still living in a society where we're on the verge of having the first post-Christian generation in America. Dude, something ain't adding up here. You see what I'm saying? There's a problem. And I don't know why the Vanilla Ice song just popped in my head. Yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ at Revolve. <laughs> Please pardon me. Y'all go with me on this. I may do a Beatles song later. I don't know. Just, just bear with me. Oh, God have mercy. We're going to get to the scripture here in a moment, I promise. We need to. But guys, there's, there's hope for this generation. So let me show you some things in the Word. Go to, go to John chapter 6 and... Uh, and let's start here in verse 1. I'm going to get some water while you're flipping. All right, John chapter 1, uh, excuse me, John chapter 6, verse 1. Now, before we start reading, before she starts flipping, I want you to look at something, uh, and we're going to kind of break it down. But let me give you kind of a brief, brief background. Jesus, uh, he, he just crosses the sea. He goes to this, this big fielded area, goes like to a mountain or something. He's sitting down with his, his disciples. We're going to about... To, to read this, and uh, all of a sudden this big crowd starts following him, and the reason they're following him is because they had seen him do, like, miracles and heal the sick, okay, all right, uh, one preacher said that healing is the dinner bell for salvation, amen, you want to see more people see, uh, healed, start praying, uh, excuse me, more people say, start praying for more people to, to receive their healing, amen, and uh, so it says here in verse 1, after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and, uh, Verse 2 says, and a great multitude followed him, all right? And it says, because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased or, or those whom he had healed. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now, verse 4, the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus then lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes. That's super important if you're taking notes, just to mark that. He lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But, verse 6, this he said to what? To test him. Now, let me just say something to you. If Jesus ever asks you a question, it ain't because he don't know the answer. <laughs> If Jesus ever asks you a question, it's because he's testing you, all right? I mean, come on, Jesus Christ, oh, yeah, he's asking me because he doesn't know. Yeah, right, get out of here with that, man. Jesus is asking a question to test this man because look what the Bible says. He says, for he himself knew what he would do. All right, now I want you to see something. Notice that the Bible says here in verse 5 that Jesus lifted up his eyes. Now, and, and I'm totally going to throw you off on this one, but but. But flip over in your Bible, or if she can pull it up on the screen, go to John chapter 4, and I want you just to see something real quick, because the Lord spoke to my heart concerning this year that this is going to be a year of harvest, amen, a year of harvest, and real more specifically, harvesting of people, amen. So look at here in John chapter 4, this is when Jesus was, was with the woman at the well, and, and I'm going to kind of give you a short version, you can go back and study this later, but he was there, and all of a sudden the Bible says this. And I want you to start in verse 35, Jesus speaking to his disciples. He says, do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Notice that. Lift up 
your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Jesus said, look up, excuse me, he lifted up his eyes and he said, look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. Now flip back over to John chapter 6, if you would, and let's read this again. Jesus says in verse uh, verse 5, he says, uh, the Bible tells us, Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him. Jesus did what he just preached to the disciples in John chapter 4. Can I borrow your cell phone real quick? I want to show, show you all an example. Jesus said this, he says, he says, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Now, how convenient is that in our 2017 uh, society? And I'm just as guilty of doing what I'm about to show you I do. So we got our Snapchat and our Facebook and our Instagram and our blah, 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 and our blah, 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 all on our phones, right? We're, we're phone people. So we're walking in society, we're driving, whatever the case may be. And what are we doing? Right? Come on, come on. I'm just as guilty. No condemnation. We, we all do it, right? We're just walking. And I want you to notice something. As I'm walking, and I'm focused, I'm looking down, right? I'm looking at my phone. Notice how many people I pass on my left and on my right. Okay? And Jesus said something here. He says, he says, he said, lift up your eyes. Oh, let me see your phone again, please. He said, he said, lift up your eyes. So what if, what if all of a sudden we, we went from this to this? Imagine the harvest we would see in front of us every day of our lives. Jesus said the fields are white already for harvest, meaning this, meaning, guys, there is a world out there waiting to be reaped, but the problem is we're not looking up, we're looking down. Come on, absolutely no condemnation. Do not take any kind of guilt or condemnation on that. It's just, okay, now let's just do it, right? Let's, let's, let's eradicate excuses and let's just do it. So Jesus tells us here, or the Bible tells us here in John chapter 6, he says that he lifted up his eyes and he saw a great multitude coming toward him. Imagine that there's a whole multitude looking for the answer, but we're too busy looking down. Come on, church, I'm preaching better than your amen today. It's 1131 and it ain't even noon yet, baby. The cafeteria ain't even open yet. Come on, man. Y'all should have ate breakfast this morning, baby. I'm, a, I'm going on a donut and coffee, so if I can do it, you can do it. Amen. Lift up your eyes and look. How much harvest is out here in DeSoto, in South Haven, in wherever we are? What's the other town? Um, Hernando. All those places. Olive Branch. Memphis. All these places, how much harvest is just out there already, just waiting to find the answer that you have, Jesus? And he said, look up, look up, lift up your eyes. And then Jesus in John chapter 6 lifted up his eyes and he saw a great multitude. My prayer for all of us, myself included today, is this, is that we'll lift up our eyes and we'll begin to see the multitude that's just desiring to see and to hear and be met by Jesus. Guys, I'm telling you, being a Christian, it's really super simple. You just love people, you forgive, and you just tell people about Jesus. 
I don't know how to do that. That's fine. God never said in here that you have to know how to tell people about Jesus. He just said you do it. Well, how do I do it? You just be you. You literally just be you. I personally like to talk. So, and I, I rarely meet strangers. Believe it or not, though, when I was a kid, I was extremely shy. I was shy. I would hide behind mom's legs. She's six foot. I can do that. You understand? I would hide behind. I was a shy kid. But something happened when I got saved, when I accepted Christ into my heart, when his spirit filled me up. Just something happened. And I used to make it a goal when I was a missionary in the Cayman Islands. I had one day off. And I lived in, in Hutland, out in the bush, right? And, and then Georgetown is, is where the big city was. Big city. It's where, like, the tourists came, right? I'd get my backpack. Keep in mind, this was, nah, goodness, this was 2000, 2001-ish, 2002. So uh, CD players were still portable. CD players were a thing. Headphones. We didn't have the iPods and the iPhones. iPhone? What, what was that in 2000, right? And uh, so I get my backpack, my Bible, and I went out, and I just made it a goal to go win one person to Jesus a week on my day off. So I did. I, and, and man, I was meeting those goals. I was meeting those goals. And I remember, man, seeing a crowd of people, probably eight of them or so, on the beach in this little gazebo thing. And I knew, I just I felt that prompting or whatever just to go and minister to them. And, and my flesh, my natural self, didn't want to. Come on, don't look at me so holy and sanctified like y'all didn't ever want to do something that God was leading you to do. Oh, my goodness. And, and, but I did it, and I had to do it. Sometimes you got to do things with your knees shaking. Sometimes you got to do things when, when, when your flesh is saying, run! But your spirit's saying, go! Pick the spirit, man, amen? And so I went, and I just started ministering to him, started preaching to him. And, man, I'm telling you, consistently, we were, I was winning uh, people to Jesus. But what happened? I was lifting up my eyes, and I was looking onto the fields, and guys, my real simple message for you today is, is real simple. There's a generation that's being raised up in America today that's about to be the, fir the first post-Christian generation in America. And what that means to me, it is a problem, but I see a huge solution. We have the answer. And you know what that means? We have a huge, huge, huge field to reap from. And why, out of all of the things we're doing, is our kids camp getting uh, some of the biggest traction this year? Because I'm seeing something about Generation Z, that God's doing something. Where sin abounds, what? Grace abounds much more. I'm telling you, the darker the world gets, the more excited Christians should get. The crazier stuff you see on the news, the happier we as believers should get. Because the darker it gets in the world, the brighter our light shines. My God, I'm spitting now. Glory to God. Y'all better get excited with me. It's anointed spit, Kaylee, so if it gets on you, it's okay. Hey, Jesus healed some blind eyes with spit, all right? So, <laughs> so all right, so let's get back to the Bible. So he says this, he asked, where should we buy bread that these may eat? And, and this he said to test him, for he, already, he himself already knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, and he says, 200 denarii worth of bread, it's not enough for all these people, that every one of them may have a little. And I, and I think one, one translation says, says, even if we went and worked for months, we still couldn't have enough money to provide the bread for all these people. Now keep in mind, the Bible tells us that this, this crowd was 5,000 men. It, it, it doesn't include the number for the women and if there was any kids. We know just men alone there was 5,000 folks. 
Philip says, man, 200, let's just kind of put it in our, our days. 200 bucks, that's not what it's worth, but let's just go with it. 200 bucks worth of bread is not enough for them, that every one of them may have a little. And then one of the disciples, Andrew, which was Simon Peter's brother, he says, he says to Jesus, he says, verse 9, there is a lad here, there's a little boy here, who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Jesus, in another translation, in Mark, he talks about this. He, he, they're having this conversation, and, and Jesus says, you go feed them. Uh, Jesus, don't, don't you mean I should go to the altar and pray that you do something? God, let me pray more. Let me, let me fast more. Let me, let me go and hit my knees and pray. No, 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 no. Jesus said, you go feed them. Oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. You mean I got to get out of my, my comfort zone a little bit? I, I got to go out there, and, 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 but, but it's not enough, Jesus. It's just, it's just five loaves, and it's just two bread, and, and there's just 5,000 men out there. I mean, what, what do you, Jesus, you do something. No, 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 you feed them. Uh, Jesus, you're really messing with my mind right now, man. This, this, this ain't making sense. I, I know the faith doesn't always make sense, does it? Go into all the world. And preach the gospel. Didn't say you had to be perfect. Didn't say you had to do everything just right. Just go. I love what Kaylee said this morning because it's, it's so awesome with, with God. You, you may not have read your Bible enough this week. You may not have prayed enough this week. But you know what? God's still with you. Ah! Isn't that awesome? You know what? If you're married, don't look at me so holy. You fit in this category too. You may have actually had an argument with your wife. <laughs> don't look at me so sanctified and holy in this, this fine gospel church. And you know what? Even though you got mad and frustrated with your spouse, God is still with you. Wow. Come on, y'all remember Joey from Blossom back there? Right? Like, that's how it is with God when he just, he just blows your mind. You're like, dude, I totally, I totally deserve, like, judgment right now. I was a jerk, and, uh, and you're still good to me. Whoa. Right? Come on now. Like, he's good. Like, he's for real good. Like, he's gooder than good. Amen? I know that's not good English, but it makes real good sense. He's gooder than good. When you're bad, he's good. When you're good, he's good. When you're perfect, which you're never perfect, he's still good. All he's wanting you to do is to go. Well, what does that mean I got to go to Africa? No, just start with Walmart. Start with your school. Start with your work. Here, here's a novel idea. Show up on time to your job. I won't meddle. Come on. I've seen a lot of squirming in the. Why is it so squirmy over here? Lord, help us. Help us all with our time management, me included, please. <laughs> and he's still good, Zoe. He's still good. <laughs> all right. He's just wanting us to go. And so he says, there's a lad here with, with five barley loaves and two small fish, but, but what are they among so many? Here, here's my, my point that I want to get to you guys today. There was a need. There was a huge harvest out here. Um, and, and Jesus, man, they, they were coming to Jesus, who's the way, the truth, the light. He's the answer, right? And, and Jesus was testing his disciples. He was trying to get them to, to look up, right? 
to see beyond the immediate need. Now, how many of us, don't raise your hand, but how many of us in here? There you go, baby. She's taking notes. That's really awesome. Unless she's just doodling and I don't know. Both. <laughs> how many of us, how many of us, we see the need, Jesus prompts on our heart to go and to feed and to fulfill this vision of the church, et cetera. And then, and then like Andrew, our natural mind starts, starts looking at uh, just the naturalness of things. Yeah, 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 God, I know DeSoto needs, needs, uh, needs Jesus. I know our city needs Jesus. I know our school, blah, 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 needs Jesus. But what are we among so many? I mean... Like there's like, I don't know, 600 plus thousand people around here. What, what, are we, what, what how are we going to make a difference? I, I, I don't really have all that. What's, what's this among so many? And notice this. Andrew said something, and it's really important to notice. Verse 9 says, there is a lad. What does that mean? There's a little boy amongst the crowd. And he's got five loaves and two fish. But what is that amongst so many? And here's what I present to you, and I think this church has already tapped into this, but, but this is a message that I want you to see. It is the answer to DeSoto County, is the answer to your city sitting in the hands of one of the young people within your own church. But, 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 the, but they're young. What, 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 it's just a couple fish and, and some, some bread, five loaves, but what's that among so many? I mean, come on, they, they, they're still in school, man. They want to play video games, probably. Assumption. They, they just want to do sports. Assumption. No, they, they just want to be on their phones. Assumption. I'm telling you, you give them some attention, you give them some time, and you give them some opportunity, you watch this whole county begin to be changed to the glory of God. Why? Because there's a lad in the crowd that has something seemingly small, but watch what happens when the lad or the Generation Z or this young generation, watch what happens when what they have gets put into the hands of Jesus. He says this, he says, verse 10, make the people sit down. There was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, a number of about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they, what? Would or wanted. Meaning, the little bit that the lad had ended up, once it touched the hands of Jesus, was multiplied so much that the people sitting down could eat as much as they wanted. That means they could have had seconds and thirds and fourths. You ever had a good fish sandwich? Fifths and sixths and sevenths, as much as they wanted. Verse 12, so when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by the house, excuse me, by those who had eaten. Then those men, verse 14, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I'm just simply presenting for your consideration today that you have within your midst, though it may seem small, though it may seem insignificant, you have something in your, in your midst that if you'll just take it, place it into the hands and into the trust of Jesus, let him break it, let him bless it, let him give thanks for it, and then let him distribute it back into the church, back into the ministry of the saints, back into your community. Perhaps the answer that you're looking for the harvest, the answer that you're looking for church growth, the answer that you're looking for uh, the, the harvest and this vision being fulfilled lies within the hands of one of the lads. And like I said, I, I, I'm probably preaching to the choir at this specific church. Because I see you got a youngster on the on the stage, and and and, I, and I, I've got to see these kids, and they're very passionate. No, well, pun intended, uh, uh, about Jesus. Amen. But what if a Chandler that goes knocking door to door for an outreach at an apartment complex? What if he was given more opportunities to knock on some more doors? What if the adult said, man, if, if a 14-year-old named Chandler can do it, hmm, I probably can do that too. What if, we, what if we took cue from the scripture that says a child shall lead them? Or are we going to let pride get in the way? Come on now. I know better than you, you young little whippersnapper. And they, those probably do know better than you. That's, that's very truth to that. But humility makes adjustments. And humility opens the door for more opportunity. And guys, I really just want you to understand that what you are looking for, perhaps it's something you're going to have to pray about, but what you're looking for could be sitting on this front row. Maybe it's sitting in the back room here in Children's Church. Maybe it hasn't even walked into the church door yet, because we haven't lifted our eyes up yet. So where are you at? Where are you at with the harvest? Where are you at with looking up? Where are you at with taking what's in their hands and putting it into the hands of Jesus? Don't take for granted what our young people have to offer. Don't take for granted and consider it as insignificant compared to the greater need. Guys, I'm telling you, it was the little boy that God used to bless and feed a multitude. The crowd came because they heard of what Jesus was doing in healing the sick. But a natural need was met out of the basket of a little boy that had five loaves and two fish. So what's in their lap? As the commercial says, what's in your wallet? I'm not taking up an offering, don't worry. There goes the preacher talking about money again. <laughs> no. But what's in, what's in your wallet? What's in your, what's in your pocket? What do they have that we can use to reach this world? It's a year of the harvest. I'm telling you, people are hungry. These teenagers are hungry for the things of God. Our ministry is finally at a spot 
you know, you have a vision, and though it tear, you wait for it, right? We're finally at a spot this year where I'm starting to see some plugged-in teenagers from Mississippi and, and, and Alabama. They're, they're starting to come, and now they're pouring back into our kids' camp, our, our, our Generation Z. Do you understand? That, that's something that I, I've been longing to see. I, I've had a vision for that, but it's taken years for that to start happening, and this year it's starting to happen on a bigger scale. Amen. I got one teenager going with me to the Cayman Islands. He's 17 years old. I'm taking him on a missions trip. 17, man. What was? <laughs> Just watch. Watch. Next year, we go back. Why don't y'all come with me too? It is the Cayman Islands after all. <laughs> listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.